It's like, the, the, you ever see the movie The Irishman? Yeah. Okay, so the movie is with Robert De Niro, uh, Joe Pesci, and Al Pacino, I believe, was in it, correct, right? Yeah. So why that movie is so powerful is that the first two-thirds of the movie, it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's sort of a little bit like a gangster movie, right? But the last third of the movie, basically, all the main characters die except for Robert De, Robert De Niro, okay? They die of, like, old age and stuff. Others die for other reasons. And so it actually shows for the last third him just, like, in an old person's home doing nothing and his kids won't talk to him. And it's the last third of the movie. Best movie ever. Because finally, at long last, a movie had the balls to not stop at happily ever after. The movie had the balls to explore the end. And the basic consequence was that, um, I think it was like Buffalino and Jimmy Hoffa, that, you know, I think he gave him like a ring and like a, a watch or something. And each was meant to represent the code and different values that each of these friendships had. And now they're long dead. The codes that they live by are now, are now gone. It really amounted to nothing. It's like the whole movie was this flurry of action. Like people are getting killed and people are having drama and like all this stuff. And where's it wind up? Nowhere. Nothing comes of it. It's wasted energy. Now let's loop that back into this idea of opportunity cost. The news, you're a victim, it's bad, the system is bad, a flurry of action. What if you reallocated that time to, why are you not looking at what your core purpose is? Why do you not have social skills? Why do you not have access to a transcendent state and you're in a freaking derp state and being overrun by the powers that be? Why are you arguing with your neighbor? Why are we burning 95 plus, I believe, percent of our thought capital, emotional capital, behavior capital on things that yield nothing. How productive could our society be? Do you not, do you, look, one of the most basic level things that any human in America should do is a road trip of the whole country. That alone would be the most life-changing thing that I could think of to tell you to do. Imagine if we said, you know, for three months, you know, when your kid is 17 or 18, they just went, you know, you, you basically just take, you, you basically just make a bunch of like cheap hotel type things and you have everybody in the country go and just drive the country. That's cool. Do you understand what difference that would make in opening up people's minds? But we'll never think to do that. And so why aren't we thinking outside the box about education? Why aren't we thinking outside the box about productivity? But instead we burn down that time in this massive flurry of action. This, it's, like this, it's like a 50 million mile journey in your head and at the end of it, where are you? Right? You sit there feeling hard done by. You sit there feeling like you're in a cope. You've been on a 90 trillion mile journey across the galaxy in your mind. What, to cope? To cope? That's what you did. You went, oh, I'm going to smoke weed now. Okay, cool. You lit your brain cells on fire. Go look up Andrew Huberman. Go look up Dr. Amen. You did that. Okay. And what? And what? And what? And what? And what? Nothing. It did nothing. And you say, no, but it made me happy. You could have been happy by learning how to meditate in three, four minutes staring at a wall. You have access to transcendent states on your own. But the difference is that one makes you dependent and down-regulates your ability to even regulate your own emotions toward now, as it erodes the gray matter in your brain, you're not even able to function as well. So it's a downward spiral. The other actually teaches you Impulse control, concentration, getting present to the moment, the ability to get into a flow state, it's actually raising you up. One of them is automatic, it's heavy and it's goopy and syrupy, it's syrup in the mind. The other is clear and light 
and it requires you to be a little bit more present to take that in, but are you going to honestly sit here and tell me that opening your mind to God's energy and to God's message is going to feel less good than blasting down a joint? Then you're f***ed. You're f***ed. You're f***ed if you think that. You're wrong and you're f***ed. But if you can't see that in yourself, if you believe in your mind that taking MDMA or Coke is literally going to provide more satisfaction than learning how to access a transcendent state on your own, or somehow it's going to provide more personal growth, or somehow it's going to open your mind to something that you didn't have the, the, the capacity to see. If you believe that, you're f***ed. Okay? So, teach yourself. You ever seen those old videos of me and Luke up on stage making ourselves laugh till we cry? Now, we live in a sensitive society now. So I can't, I've got a pretty off-the-wall sense of humor. I don't, I'm not allowed to show that anymore. Okay? I'm not allowed to show that anymore. But I can tell you that if you're around me and my friends, and we're at a restaurant, we are laughing until we cry. I laugh until I am literally, oh, I'm hurting. Oh, and I'm crying. I'm like, oh, stop. Like, you see me and Luke at dinner? We're both like, by the end, we're both just like, stop, stop. Just laughing and laughing and laughing, right? Now, we live in a society where coping is becoming the dominant narrative. So even if I joke around like that and put it to video, that can get cut out of context and then canceled. And so it's one of these things where they don't even want you to joke anymore, do they, right? Comedy is under attack. Comedy is under attack. There's counter arguments to this. I'm well familiar with them. Very, very good arguments. But let me tell you the honest truth. Anybody can learn to be less sensitive. I can train you to be sensitive up here in 10 minutes by bringing you up to the front, showing you the basic level frames, having five or six people surround you and yell insults at you and show you how to ignore it and then how to clown them back and shove the pie back down their face in a hilarious way. And we'd all laugh, we'd all have fun, we wouldn't take it seriously, but no, people are triggered, triggered. And there's, there's real ideas behind that that are valid, that have historical context that I'm well familiar with, that I even agree with. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But the long-term solution is not to walk on eggshells. Because now what you're doing is you have many, many people that have very, very, very bad intentions that you're not aware of, that then can use that and they can weaponize that ability not to speak openly to then shove down things far, far worse. And then they can use those precedents that are set in order to stifle dialogue. And I promise you, you should be a lot more afraid of that than somebody getting twiggered. There is so much more damage there, but nobody's even aware of it. And if you can shut down dialogue soon enough, you can't even bring up these topics. And so you don't even know what I'm referring to. Ha ha ha. So again, coping, thriving. Whose agenda is it to have a society of people in coping? And what does it mean with AI coming? What does that mean and how that's going to change things? So what does it mean for us as human beings? What are, what are my children and your children going to be dealing with? Are your children going to be allowed to drive a car? Are your children going to be allowed to have a natural birth? Are your children going to be allowed to get in a fist fight? No. 
Basically, you know, what have we already seen? Can't even go out of your house under the guise of safetyism. What is that going to mean? There is death in natural childbirth. So once we can have a baby in a pod, how would that same argument not extend to that? There's going to be self-driving cars. People die in cars. How is that same argument not going to extend to that? If everybody's in coping, spaced out, blasted out on drugs and whatever else, they're not going to say nothing. We've already seen it. It's already been done. It's already been seen. So what's, you think it's going to be any different? You're like, no, no, but at the baby one, then that's where I draw the line. The baby one's right. You didn't draw the line yet, but the baby one's where, is where like two plus two stops equaling five on the baby one or on the car one. Especially when, come to think of it, the pod baby's a little easier. Come to think of it, the self-driving car's a little easier. Oh, but wait a minute, now they can shut off the car like that. Oh, wait a minute, now they control who has a kid. Oh, wait a minute, now they control your whole life. Wait a minute, now they control your thoughts. Hey, does two plus two equal five? No. Oh, really? <laughs> what about now? Now does two plus two equal five? How much can you take? I bet that if three or four people here just pin you down and just hurt you a little bit, you just agree to it. Let alone with that much social pressure. Because I might too, okay? So, <laughs> so, you know, just a nipple hard enough. Okay! Yeah, I can joke a little bit, right? He talked about his nipples. The historical precedent, okay? So, okay, so just understanding here, this idea between coping and thriving and what is it going to mean for human beings going into the future, understanding that distinction between coping and thriving, understanding what your potential is, understanding who you are, what this place is, and who you are beyond. And again, I have watched so many loved ones try to climb this mountain, so many, and without the right guidance, they fall off. But let me tell you another thing. What it really comes down to is a complete and total commitment to going to the end. And so what that means that I really believe that for human beings, what we need to do, and this is a part of our process here on earth, is we need to kind of learn to quiet and still the mind, okay? And on your own, okay? Not with something outside yourself. And we've got to learn to quiet and to still the mind. And in that process of quieting and stilling the mind, we have to intuitively get a sense of what we're here to do. And look, for some people, they might just be a spiritual teacher, or some kind of spiritual transcendent. And that means that for them, all they gotta do is just meditate till they're dead. Like, I literally believe that Eckhart Tolle, and I've been to many of his events, I was at a recent event, he just survived cancer, by the way. And so I literally believe that he was put here to sit on a park bench. I believe that. That's his purpose, okay? So he, some people call that a frequency holder, right? His life's purpose is to sit on a park's bench. And then to share that, okay? To share that transcendent dimension with other people. That's probably not you. I'm looking. I'm not seeing any Eckhart Tolle's in here, I don't think. I want to be a spiritual teacher, to be honest. That'd be cool, but I still don't think, it's, I still don't think you should be on a park bench for two years. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm not seeing it. I don't, I don't see anybody here. I don't, I don't think anybody here should be on a park bench. Nope, I'm not, see, I'm not seeing it. What does a uh, park bench person look like? Well, because Eckhart Tolle, he sat on a park bench for two years, so I don't know how to get present, basically. I mean, that's kind of a wiping over the whole story of it. But um, yeah, so Eckhart Tolle, that's his mission, right? For some people, that's their mission. I believe that. 
I believe that for some people, their mission is to, is to live a quiet, simple life and to add basic, simple positivity to the people they meet. I believe that's for some people. But I also believe that that's not most people. I believe that, and by the way, I don't believe that everybody has to start their own business. You can be an intrapreneur, not necessarily an entrepreneur. When you're an intrapreneur, that means that you have one client, it's your main boss. When you're an entrepreneur, you just have millions of clients. You're never your own actual boss, by the way. Let's be clear about that, okay? So, you know, it's like dating, right? One is like you're married, the other is like you got a harem. You know, it's, you're, but you still, you still got to keep the harem happy. You still got to keep the wife happy. You know, so either way, you got to keep somebody happy. You know, there's, no, there's never this thing where you're, you know, where, where you're just like, I don't need to keep anybody happy. I just get free money and sit here and do nothing, okay? You're always taking action and satisfying people's needs as a way to engage with them. But maybe you're an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur means that you're crushing it within your own organization. You believe in your own organization. People in my organization believe deeply in the mission that we have. They're on this mountain climb with me. They believe in the vision. They're looking to optimize. That's their life's purpose and other, others will leave. And many people that were in my organization left and became mega famous. There's many huge, huge creators that came up in my organization, run major YouTube channels, multi-million dollar businesses that literally I used to view as like a punk kid. Now it's gone further than me in their journey on YouTube. So, and social media. So the idea being is that you could be an entrepreneur, you could be an entrepreneur, you could be somebody writing a philanthropy. You could be somebody who goes deep into nature. That could be your mission. But you need something that is going to challenge you to evolve your potential. Like we said with going out and meeting people and working on social skills or dating, that's going to challenge you, right? You don't just sit at home. It's something meant to challenge you. So you need to learn a purpose where you go inside yourself and you ask yourself, am I doing a basic level job to pay the bills or is this really what I wanna be doing? And if you have a basic level job to pay the bills, fine, that's okay, but then is there something that you're doing outside of that that is pushing you to your potential? But you need something that has that same element of going out to bars and clubs that challenges you to get immediate feedback on where it is that you're going wrong. You need that immediate thing where you get smacked, in other words, not coping, not like TikTok, not you're amazing, okay? Not that, but something that's gonna smack you when you mess up. And it's in that process of taking action and then bang, bad feedback, bam, bad feedback, bam, bad feedback, bam, bad feedback. That is meant to shape you and allow you to evolve. You've gotta differentiate that feedback between someone who's just a jerk, someone who's negative, someone who's ignorant, someone who's got their own issues, but you've gotta be able to learn to parse that out and then say, okay, well, where is the feedback that I don't need to pay attention to, but where's the underlying pattern and commonalities that I'm seeing that I do need to pay attention to? And I believe that that journey is both internal and external. So some of it would be like, you run a business, maybe your business has a funnel, maybe your business has an offering, your business has marketing, your business has the way that team members are dealing with each other, your business has different um, components to it, almost like a heart, lungs, kidneys, legs, that's your business. And a lot of that comes down to strengthening that and looking at every single process that you have. In social skills, it comes down to learning the right methods of engaging with people and also becoming socially aware and engaging with people in a way that's win-win, that they enjoy. But there's also the internals that go on as well. And that is some of what I talked about earlier, me looking at whether it be codependence, me looking at things like, are you doing it for the right place internally? Are you doing it for selfish benefit? or to add value to the world? How is, that, how is that shifting your motivation? How is that shifting your energy? How is that impacting you? And so on and so forth. So there's an, I'd, I'd say that you could almost put it into mind, body, and soul is a way that you could look at. The body 
is the exact things that you're doing, the mechanics behind what it is that you're doing. What are the mechanics behind what it is that you're doing? Where are the mechanics wrong? And looking at that in great detail. Mind would be how you're thinking about the situation and your knowledge base. Soul would be the way that you're tapping into present energy and the space from which you're doing it and what it is that is motivating you. And then soul is what actually then infuses into your mind and into your body. And it infuses it and then further gives you that North Star. So what I've been trying to refer to here is a basic idea that you have incredible potential. And there's a mountain to climb that's right in front of you. I've been, now, as far as superficial things, if this sounds scary, I'll give you some little, you know, you need this little too much vegetables, I'll give you some candy, okay? <laughs> Sometimes people need this. Some candy. I'm wearing diamond chains, a Rolex watch. I live in a mansion in the Hollywood Hills. I used to uh, compete for best party in all of LA with Hugh Hefner. We had the best parties in LA, other than the Playboy Mansion, I think maybe better. They're about 500K to a million dollars per party. We were doing those. Um, my last girlfriend was uh, uh, Miss Ohio USA. My previous girlfriend was seven-time Playboy Playmate. Both great girls. Um, I would say that uh, I've had amazing dating life. I've got great kids. I skied every major ski resort almost in the entire country this past winter. Just took four months off and skied. Um, I went to almost every national park. I drove almost the whole country. I've been to almost every nice restaurant in LA many times. I'm kind of getting fat from it, okay? I, I take that five, $10,000 a month in weird expensive herbs and supplements like 100-year-old ginsengs and things like that, okay? That, you know, a little more expensive by the gram than the weed, but things like ginseng that are actually helping you open you up spiritually, for real. Um, you know, I have access to a lot of biohacking stuff that's incredibly expensive. I own my own private sauna, my own private cold plunge. I have multiple houses. Um, I don't know, what else do you want to know? Um, I, uh, I, like to, I get access to the best parties. I go to the best bars and clubs. Um, I have celebrity friends. I'm on the board of advice for major companies. I was uh, a teacher and mentor for many of the most famous people in the world. But what I'm saying is that at a core level, those are basic level stimulus. Those come and go. Okay, when you're stimulating yourself with something outside of yourself, that comes and goes, okay? I could go run around every nightclub in the country on a seven day a week rampage for 20 years, in theory. And, okay, just theoretically, I could do that. And I could go meet all these people and have beautiful intimate, intimate moments. But I'm sitting here right now, those are in the past. That's gone, that's a blur. I barely remember any of it. How many restaurants do you really remember eating at? How many movies do you even really remember at a certain point? How many parties do you really remember? How much of the simulation garbage that you see on social media do you remember? How much weed that you smoked do you remember individually as an individual smoking session? And then the first one, or one that maybe you shared to your friends at Burning Man or something specific. This is simulation, it comes and goes, it is not real happiness, it is seeking a transcendent state outside yourself, it is doing very, very little for you, at most, what it's doing is teaching you why it does nothing. That's what it does. It shows you why it does nothing and prepares you for real surrender. That's what it's really doing. It's preparing you for surrender. It's basically your learning environment to see what is outside yourself and to realize that you will not achieve deep abiding happiness with something outside yourself. And so that's why we say mind, body, and soul. Because this understanding is not an excuse not to build your business. It's not an excuse not to be an entrepreneur. It's not an excuse to not take action in life. In fact, you will achieve the state that we're talking about here via 
being an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, going to parties, getting better social skills, making your first million, athletic pursuits, whatever the case, sorry, athletic pursuits, whatever the case. So, okay, you're transformed. So, okay, so, you know, so these, these different things that you're doing are, you know, they're, they're within a capacity that it, it is actually through this process that you're gonna be called upon to center the mind, to learn to focus the mind, to learn to access creative thinking, to access transcendent states, to access lateral thinking, to see what it is that your mind is capable of, to learn how to actually access that channeled message that's coming through you, to learn how to control your energy. All of that's gonna be learned via your external journey. So if you just sit staring at a wall meditating, that's no different than smoking weed because there's nothing to balance it with. You're untethered. You're too, you're too discombobulated. That's a, it's a discombobulated kind of energy. You wanna have sharp energy. You wanna be the kind of person where any room that you walk into, you know that you're the anchor of that room. You know that you're the leader of that room. You know that you could probably date most of the people in that room. You know that you could have financial exchange with most people in that room. You know that you could network with most people in that room. You know that you probably have the best outside the box thinking of anyone in that room. You're the sharpest, fastest, quickest of any room. You also know that you're gonna be the best no matter what you do. Why is that? Because you're doing it for God. You're not doing it for yourself so you don't have those kinks. In fact, you hope that other people will be better. In my business, one thing I'm always proud of is I dominated my industry so thoroughly over the years. You guys watch that, right? And we've got a lot of things that we're working on now that, were, that are pretty epic. But when you think about that, you'd probably be surprised to find out that I was still dedicating a huge amount of time to call up what you call business competitors, people that were seeking to get the same market share that I was, and I was coaching them for free. That was my secret during this entire time. Me giving away all the trade secrets and me coaching my competitors and being on the board of advisors for competitors and me sitting there meticulously helping them was why I dominated the industry. So in other words, if I spent five years figuring out a secret and working to get that secret and then I give that to somebody else so that they can save five years so that they can compete more, I'm gonna dominate the niche. Why? Is this true of every situation? No, but it is of many. Why? It wasn't my niche. Why? Because you don't just want to be the best by competing. You want to be the best by giving away help, giving charity. You want to be the best and give charity. You want to be the best and help other people. You want to be the best and help competitors. You want to be so good that you're like that kid that hit puberty in high school three years early and you're on the football team now and all these other little kids that didn't hit puberty yet but you did too early because you drank like all the weird hormone injected milk. And so you're sitting there and there's like a kid on this leg, a kid on this leg, a kid on this arm, a kid on this arm and you just have the football and you just go for it and you go right in the end zone while these kids are just getting dragged along like, ah, how do we stop this guy? You wanna be that guy. You don't just wanna win by just competing. You wanna win by not even competing. Right, you wanna win by not even competing. I don't wanna just, yeah, I don't wanna just come in here. If I'm on two, three hours sleep and I took an overnight flight, I don't wanna just have the kind of energy, oh, like a little caffeine energy or something like that. I wanna come in here with the most energy of anyone in the world and effortlessly smash out the speech. I wanna be that good, okay? Not world-class, you wanna go past that. You wanna be transcendent. So there's no limit to what it is that you're capable of. You will be so good. You will blow through barriers so high. You will climb walls that seem impossible. You will do works that you do not believe can be done. You will be an innovator, a pioneer. You will take your potential to levels that you could have never imagined. That's all inside of you. 
It's all right there. You will kill it. You will win and win and win and win. You will make the world better in ways that you can't even imagine. You will do things that you do not even have any context for now. Your imagination is so limited right now as far as what it is that you could achieve and as far as what energy it is that you could have. Your potential is so high. The gift of life that you've been given is so great. Do you want to just smoke that away in a weed cloud? You want to eat that away in a Cheeto? You want to start taking down weird things that make you hallucinate and disconnect you from God and tell yourself that you're connecting to God because you had a fake experience and you made something else God? You don't even know what that is. You don't even connect to anything other than something outside yourself and sit there in a state of coping, a state of self-pity, a state of blaming, a state of looking and attacking other people, a state of feeling small, sitting there like a joke, like a dumbed-down chihuahua compared to a wolf, sitting there just going, yap, 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 give me some food. Give me a little dog food, mommy. I'm in your purse. Oh, I'm shaking. I'm pathetic. I've been dumbed down. 2020 was real. Four, two plus two equals five. I'm a joke. I just want to comply. I just want to fit in. I don't want to rock the boat. Life is hard. And where will I get the energy, the time, the money, the focus? I can't get it. I'm just this big clown. The world is so tough and unfair. God isn't real. The devil isn't real. Life is isolated. Life is lonely. Life is hard. I hate these other people. I'm so small. I blame everyone but me. It's just so difficult. What am I going to do? How do I make of this? What do I make of this life? What do I do here? How do I make any sense of any of this? What does any of this mean? How do I just live another day? Okay? So wake up! Okay? But I have a codependence. So I care about your success more than you sometime. Okay? That's part of my nature. But it's also a Christian thing to care about other people. And it's also a Christian thing to want to bring people back to what they're capable of and not to want to watch your soul get sucked out of your body. And that's a real thing. The devil is real. God is real. It's not some guy in a, in a, with a beard, including a ginger guy with a beard, okay? <laughs> and a pitchfork, okay? It's an energy. It's the energy of life. It's the energy of death. You've got to get familiar to what it is that you're tapping into. And this will allow you to achieve a potential that you have no context for. There is no limit. Wake up.